Hi, everybody. Welcome to Automators, Episode 2. I'm David Sparks, and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. Hi, Rose. Hi, David. Today, we're here to talk about automating email. Um, you know, we were looking at subjects, and we got a big list of subjects for this show, but, you know, we really wanted to grab out to people. And, and one of them, I think, an issue that people face every day is email. Now, you might think about that, you know, can you automate email? Isn't every email you write supposed to be a special snowflake? And, you know, aren't you supposed to write this stuff in particular to in response to the people that send you email? And the answer to that is no. There's actually a lot of things you can do to automate email. And the the more you can do to take less time on email, the more time you can spend making things that you're proud of. So uh, we're here today to help you automate your email. You agree? Definitely, yes. And quite honestly, I know I get a bunch of email that's mostly automated, and I'm fine with it because it means that they're spending less time on it, and they're not going to be upset if I send them a semi-automated reply. Let's try and make this as fast as we can for everybody involved. Yeah. So, And we're not just talking about automating the robot sent email to you, but also just dealing with email in general. We've got a a whole bunch of subjects here uh, on email ranging between platforms. Uh, So I guess we should just get started uh, with the Mac. What do you think? Definitely. The Mac is a great place to start for email automation. Yeah. One of my favorite ways to automate email, and this will be no surprise to you if you listen to Mac Power users, is using Text Expander to automate text composition. Um, the, uh, the idea of writing emails to people is, is okay. I mean, you need to do it, but what if you have the same question asked to you frequently? Like I have a little bit of a publishing business where I get the same questions asked frequently. Uh, why would you want to rewrite that stuff more than once? And, uh, there's all sorts of people have all sorts of ways of solving that problem. I know, uh, some folks just keep like a word document with a bunch of canned responses and they block and copy into their email application. But text expander makes it so much more elegant. Uh, it's a text replacement application, but it's got a lot more power than that. Um, one of the things you can do with text expander is you can code into your expansion snippet, the tab key, uh, which is so golden when you're doing email. Like I, um, when I send out my bills for the legal practice, I have a tab key coded into my text expander snippet. So I just say new bill. I type new bill with no space. And then it it grabs the current month because text expander can do that and says, you know, Sparks Law bill for July 2018. Because it, it puts that stuff in there automatically. Then it hits the tab key, you know, the golden tab key. And then it fills out the text for, you know, the cover for the, the bill. And that's really useful. Another thing you can do with text expander is it has fill in fields. So you can even say, dear Rosemary, you know, it has like a blank in there. And I, I type in Rosemary once. And then if I use her name more than once in the email, it, it auto fills it in for me. So it gives you kind of form power with a simple text replacement app. Yes, text expander is great. And it can do some date mathematics as well. So if you want to say, you know, like, uh, calculate the date in one month's time so that, for example, in the case of a bill, this needs to be paid by, you know, ne- this time next month, then it can do that for you, which is really good at time saving. And of course, Text Expander has an app and a keyboard on iOS as well, which means that once you've got these snippets, um, you know, some of the more complex ones you need to use the app for. So, for example, things with fill ins, but you can use them on more than one platform, which is really useful. Yeah. And and that date math thing is particularly useful for emails. Like if you send out regularly an email and you want to give someone an expected reply, you know, say, please reply by, and then you can have it automatically calculate one week. 
Um, so just anything you're doing involving dates and email, um, text expander is a very useful tool for that. Definitely. Yes. I actually use it a lot more than I thought I would. I did stop using it for a little while, but then I went back to it and it's like, oh yes, this can do an awful lot. So it's working well for me. I always felt like that is one of the entry uh, portals for automation for people, you know, get a copy of text expander because you can automate text expansion throughout your Mac, but email is, is, is really the poster child for that application. But it's not the only app you can use to automate email on the Mac. Another one is is uh, AppleScript, but even simpler is Automator. Yes, yes. Automator is, along with having a very cute robot icon, actually very powerful. There's a lot hidden behind that smiley face. And it's surprising what you can do to create email just with playing around with a couple of little variables and things like that. Yeah. Um, the automator, I have to admit, isn't my favorite uh, email automation tool because it doesn't um, it, it's not as flexible as the email tools we're going to talk about with workflow on iOS later. And I wish it was, um, you know, the um, uh, so automator does have a command to prepare an email and it can grab information from a prior step in the process. But it, it just doesn't flow as well. Have you used automator to, to actually create emails, Rose? I have, but I tend not to use it that much anymore. Um, I've been playing a bit more with Keyboard Maestro, really, um, just because you can do a bit more with that and get a bit crazier with it, uh, like, you know, doing lots of attachments, setting default signatures and things like that. It's just Keyboard Maestro tends to be my go-to tool nowadays. It's one step up from, well, probably several steps up from Automator, but it's got a very similar UI with the dragging and dropping of the blocks, which is, of course, similar to Workflow as well. It's great, though, if you already have an automation routine, like an automator um, workflow that you've built, uh, consider adding an email to it. And I think we're going to cover that better with workflow later because it, it's an even better case for that. But you did bring up an app, Keyboard Maestro, and I, I think Keyboard Maestro can play a big role in email creation and management. Um, what are some of the things you do with Keyboard Maestro, Rose? Well, for example, um, I frequently have to... Um, I. I generate certain files um, with various scripts that I'm doing. There's a lot of things at work, for example, where I generate files and then you have to email them to people. Uh, we do have a central document management system, but certain people prefer email. So uh, I have a script where I, it grabs the file with that name in the folder um, that you know is, is expected to be there and it creates an email for me with all of this information, a default subject and a default body. Just basically here is this month's copy of X. Um, which is very, very helpful because then it's just done and I don't need to think about it anymore. And that's what I use it for as well. With a little help from Hazel, because Hazel, when the file's been there for more than 24 hours, deletes it for me. Yeah, you, you tie it all together. Um, where, key, where Text Expander is particularly good at that, that text generation, I feel like Keyboard Maestro is particularly good at email assembly, um, like filling in yes. fields and making it making sure attachments are on the email and things like that if you spend a little bit of time in keyboard maestro with its email utilities you're going to find that um, you can get a long way towards assembly of emails and especially if you're doing the same types of emails on a regular basis a good example i think for a keyboard maestro would be let's say you've got a number spreadsheet that you send to someone in your office every friday afternoon at three o'clock um 
you could automate, and I haven't sat down to really do, I'm just making this a hypothetical, but I, as I sit here, I think you could automate the entire process. You could set a timer for Friday at three o'clock, so long as the file's in the location, a reliable location, the app could go grab the file. It could create the text for you, attach the file and send it. So you could automate yeah. that entire process. Yeah, I've done that. Actually, it's it's not based on specific date or time. It's based on the file being present as the trigger. So when the file appears in the folder, it sends the email. And there's a, there's two choices in Keyboard Maestro with the create an email message. Uh, you can create it and leave it open or create it and send it. And I just have it create it and send it. So I don't even need to be at my desk. I can be in the bathroom talking to somebody else in a meeting and it just does it for me, yeah, which is the, really, really nice. That's the best when your computer does something in the background and you have no involvement with it whatsoever and it just happens. Yes, of course, it depends on, you know, what exactly you're doing as to whether or not you need to have involvement with it with something like your billing. You're probably you you want to check that everything's fine before you send it out, because especially being a lawyer with clients, you want them to be happy. But for something like here's the latest version of X file it doesn't really matter to me exactly whether or not they, you know, because it's always the same text, exactly the same text every single time. Exactly. So I yeah. start the, the script running and as soon as it finishes and it's generated the file, Keyboard Maestro does the rest of it for me. No, I, I agree. I mean, you have to make that choice whether you want it to send for you automatically. In fact, we have the same questions later when we're going to talk about this stuff on iOS. But nevertheless, when you do have those circumstances where, uh, you don't need to babysit it and check it over where it can just generate the email and send it. I, I just love it when that stuff happens. That's the reason why I'm on the show, honestly, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So useful. Um, another way you'd have to deal with email on your Mac, and, and Mac is a particularly good venue or platform for automation here, is is not just preparation and sending of email, but email sorting and there's a lot of tools. Uh, I, I think the Mac does a better job of this, frankly, uh, where you can sort mail. And and obviously, there's a whole other discussion as to, you know, what email platform are you on, whether it's Google or IMAP or Exchange. And, and we cover this on some of the longer MPU uh, Mac Power Users email episodes. We're not going to go into all that now, but but you do want the ability to to sort your email as it comes in. And there's some ways to do that as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the things I do, I, t I actually use Airmail as my primary client, uh, but I have a Mac Mini sitting there all the time running. Yeah. And so it's running mail and it goes through and it deletes email for me because I actually, this is linked with the Gmail rules, but I, I give things certain uh, labels. And so if it's, and then I color things based when they come in based on certain senders. And if it's got a certain color and it's more than a day old, it's gone. That's it. Bye-bye. I don't want it in my e inbox anymore. This is especially useful for things like newsletters yeah. that you probably don't want hanging around and you just want them gone. And that's very, very powerful. I have, I really love mail rules. I've got quite a few of them running around actually doing yeah. all sorts of things for me in the background. And mail rules are things you can set up uh, under different contexts. Like Gmail has some really powerful cloud-based mail rules. Um, yeah. The uh, Apple Mail has a mail rule system built in, which is actually pretty powerful as well. But it, it is, yeah. It has to happen on your Mac, which is, is I, now when you say you're running rules, are you running the rules through Apple Mail, even though you're using AirMail as your client? So what I've got is I've got a Mac Mini, which is, is actually a Mac Mini server model. Uh, and it just sits there all day and it's running mail uh, so that it can execute certain rules. So I have rules in Gmail as well. They're called filters in Gmail, actually, um, which 
move certain things as soon as they come in. And then, of course, mail tends to be for handling things that were received more than X time ago. So one day, one week, one month, or things like that, or, you know, adding flags to things for me, which is really nice. Yeah. And so, like I said, some people do that with the cloud stuff. You can also do it with Apple Mail. Later, we're going to talk about some cloud-based services um, that, that allow you to do that as well. I have this issue lately where somebody has got some business where they edit photos. It's a photo editing service. And they have managed to breach my walls. I mean, they send me two or three emails a day, and they have it from a different sender every time. So it's just it's just not something that's easily defeatable. Mm-hmm. So I, I came up with an Apple Mail rule that looks for certain words in the subject line. And all I'm going to say, if, if you send me an email about feedback and it includes words like photo editing service in the subject line, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> yes. That's the great thing. I've done that as well. There's um, uh, some certain newsletters at work that we're required to receive, but I actually follow them via RSS because I don't like getting email unnecessarily if I can yeah. avoid it. So that stuff goes straight into my trash folder and gets marked as read and I never see it. Bye-bye. Yeah, a, a, um, a modification or a, a way to make the mail sorting even more powerful is with a third-party app. If you're on, if you're using Apple Mail, Rose isn't using Apple Mail, but I do. Uh, there's an app called Mail Act On, which allows you to assign trigger keys to auto sorting and auto filing, and it's just like it's the mail rules plus a little bit more. So if you're if you're interested in this stuff and using Apple Mail, I'd recommend checking out Mail Act On. Yes, yeah, Mail Acton is extremely good. Airmail has uh, some actions built into it that you can use so that you can build certain rules and things like that, which are quite good. Um, I tend not to have them just because Airmail isn't always running. Uh, Airmail is something that's on my MacBook Pro, which is a device which goes to sleep, funnily enough, when you close the lid, as it should. Um, And so I prefer to have those rules on my Mac Mini running because then it runs all of the time. Of course, I could install AirMail on the Mac Mini and have it running there as well, but Mail does a very good job and it's very uh, resource efficient as well. So no need to change. You know, it's funny because iCloud email has some very rudimentary rules built in where you could do some sorting and filing. And I don't know if you could do filing, but you could do some basic stuff with the iCloud rules. But then if you look at the rules available on the Mac itself, they're so much more powerful. I really wish Apple would would put those cloud those rules that they've got locally into the cloud so you could have it happening without needing to run an extra Mac in the background somewhere. Yes, but at the same time, the advantage of having the rules in mail on your Mac or in an app on your Mac is that it then applies to all accounts. So it doesn't matter if you've got a Gmail account, a Yahoo account. Yeah. If you've got Yahoo, please change. They keep getting hacked. Um, yeah, exactly. But you know, it doesn't matter where your email account's from. It can even be you know an, an email account at work, and it just gets filtered yeah. and sorted automatically for you based on rules. And you can apply. You can say in mail and in mail act, and I believe that you want this rule to only apply on this specific account, or you want it to apply to all accounts by default it applies the rule to all accounts which is very useful if yeah. you're getting the same spammer spamming things to multiple email addresses yeah so. and, and it's so like i said just spend some time in there it's so powerful i mean you can you can really slice the onion thin to get exactly the kind of rules you want um uh, uh you can go deeper with a mac-based automation and that really involves apple script um over the years i've had and abandoned several Apple scripts that I applied to email uh, filing and different things. The The one that's really stuck with me over the years is I put together an Apple script years ago, and it's just 
all it does is it grabs the first name of the recipient out of the recipient field and pastes it in to wherever I type it. So um, it's an Apple script, and I actually combine this with a text expander snippet. So that you can embed a, an Apple script into text expander. So if I just type X high, you know, X H I, it says hi, and then it looks at the at, at the send at the recipient of the email. So if I'm saying to Rose, it's say hi Rosemary, and then it inserts the comma and the carriage return. So uh, I just type X high, and it grabs the name. So whenever I'm sending an email to to listeners or readers, I can always get at least their name into it spelled exactly correctly. And um, and just get back to the text of the document. Seems like a, si- a simple little automation routine, but it's actually quite useful. I have a yes. I, I posted that on the internet. I'll I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, that's a really useful one. I often use on iOS. I often use Dispatch because Dispatch does that by default, which is really really useful. It does. It, you'd think typing the word hi and a name comma return doesn't take much time but especially if it's a name that you're not very good at spelling or like me you're constantly switching keyboards and then getting it wrong somehow spelling wise it's a a very useful time saver and especially if you're going to use dictation the other thing because dictation gets always hung up on names so um, having that that part of it automated allows you to just start dictating the body of the text without having to worry about it getting the name wrong Um, do you do do you do any apple scripting uh, for your email I have had Apple scripts in the past, but like you, most of them have, you know, fallen by the wayside on the way, you know, things that I previously had in mail rules with Apple scripts, in some cases I've replaced with uh, Keyboard Maestro and other kinds of automations running on my Mac, because it's a more efficient way of doing things. And it means that I don't need to receive email to trigger things to happen. I, I just receive files and then they get deleted automatically or something. Yeah, that that's exactly me too. The every Apple script I have has been deprecated by uh, features in Mail Acton or Keyboard Maestro or Text Expander, where I feel like those third party apps are giving me uh, easier to build automation and more reliable. Because Apple scripts break, and then you got to go try and figure it out, and it's just it's a big problem. Exactly, and especially with something like Keyboard Maestro, the developer puts in all the work for you, and it's really nice because you can duplicate an existing automation and then en- enhance it and you know improve it, which is always nice. Yeah, if you if you listening to the show have now figured out some way to um, auto send, if you have something in your life you can auto send with Keyboard Maestro, let us know in the forum. I'd love to hear how people are are doing that. I I, uh, I want to save you all time, and I'd love to hear how you implement that. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by the Omni Group, makers of OmniFocus. OmniFocus 3 for iOS is a fresh, major update to the app that's been the trusted gold standard for to-do apps for 10 years, since the very first day of the App Store. You know, I bought OmniFocus on the first day the App Store came out. It was my very first purchase. Anyway, it's the best OmniFocus ever, and you can download it right now for free. Put it through its paces with a 14-day trial and then buy the standard or pro edition. Users of earlier versions of OmniFocus get a 50% discount. So that is, in a way, your upgrade pricing. There's a lot to love about the new version. It's got tags, which are new to OmniFocus 3. They are a powerful organizing tool, so you can create tags for person, energy level, priority, location, and more. It's got that great forecast view, which is really unrivaled by any other task management application. It shows you your tasks and calendar events in order, so you can better see what's coming up in your day and adjust if needed. Another thing they've got, of course, is that review method, which is another feature you're not going to find in any other task management app. 
I use OmniFocus every day. It's how I plan this episode, as a matter of fact. It's a great application and can really solve your problem when it comes to task management. Not only that, it is very automator-friendly. We're going to cover it in future shows, but I use scripts with OmniFocus every day. I've got workflow and soon-to-be Siri shortcuts dialed into OmniFocus so hard, I, uh, I have to have an iPad next to my Mac all day so I can run them to script new projects in OmniFocus. It's just the best way to get this stuff done and really keeps me on track. In addition, for Automator fans, OmniGroup is working on a version of JavaScript for their app that's going to allow us to further script it on all platforms. So listen, if you're listening to the Automators, you're going to like the Omni software, and we are so happy to have them as a sponsor. Did you know they agreed to sponsor the show before they even heard an episode? As soon as they heard what me and Rose were up to, they said they wanted in. So go on over to OmniFocus.com right now and start getting more done. That's OmniFocus.com. And let them know you heard about it here on The Automators. So uh, iOS email automation. So we, we talked about the rich field of the Mac where there isn't a, there aren't many sandboxes and it's easy to do things like Keyboard Maestro. What about on iOS? Can you automate there? Definitely. You can automate on any platform. You just need a little bit of determination and willingness to uh, play around with things to find the solution that works for you. But that's always the case with automation. Yeah, I feel like apps really matter on iOS. Um, There's a lot of different mail apps and the automation often is at an app level with the exception Mm -hmm. of, of workflow, which we'll get into later. So, so depending on which app you pick can make a difference. Uh, And, and different apps operate differently like one my um the thing that really drives me nuts with uh automation on on ios is one of the key pieces i want from an email application is the ability to create a link to that email you know it's super important um because quite often i will take an email and i will save a link to it to an apple note because i want to get back to it later or i'll sub i'll um, bury it in an omnifocus task because I want to attach it to a task I'm going to do later. And yeah. and not all email links are created equal on iOS. Um, most developers take the step of just going through and making a callback uh, based on their own application framework. So I believe this is the case for Airmail. It creates an Airmail callback. So like if you can create a link to your email in Airmail, but it has to be, it will only open in Airmail. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, most apps do this by default. Some apps have the option to, uh, when you when you share a link back to the mail, to change it so that it's uh, it would work with mail instead. But of course, the problem with that is which app intercepts it on iOS. So the advantage of having a, an airmail specific link is that I don't have to worry, is this going to try and open in mail where I don't have that account set up? Or is it going to try and open in dispatch? It's going to open in airmail where the messages come from so that has advantages and disadvantages it very much depends on your workflow as to whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing for you for me that's a very good thing and i like it you know stability and consistency and that's because you're also using airmail on your mac because the downside of an airmail specific link is when you get on the mac if you click that link and you don't have airmail installed it doesn't know what to do it's it's a dead link in essence so um, that I think it really comes down to how you're going to implement mail across the various platforms. If you're going to use one application, uh, an app-specific link makes sense. Um, I believe Spark does it the same way. I, I wanted to check it before we we recorded, and I, I ran out of time, Rose, so I forgot. But, I, I'm very sorry. I ran out of time as well. But I believe, yes, Spark, from memory, Spark has or had a, a, a specific 
URL scheme for Spark for opening messages again. Yeah. The the other big one that, that Rose already mentioned is Dispatch. Um, Dispatch gives you the option to create a a system level uh, link to email, which will work with Apple Mail or a a Dispatch specific one. And since Dispatch doesn't exist on the Mac, I would think you would just want the system level one. So so when I create links to emails, uh, I usually use Dispatch. I, my main application for mail, frankly, is Apple Mail. It, it just because it's so consistent and and using some of the third-party services we're going to talk about later, I've been able to kind of power it up. But when I do uh, sometimes really want to power through a bunch of email, I'll, I'll open up Dispatch. I keep Dispatch on all my iOS devices. And I do appreciate that they give me a callback link that that will work with uh, Apple Mail. Yes, and that's that's very useful. What I unfortunately don't like about mail on iOS, specifically on the iPhone, is that I've got no way to get a share sheet, a share sheet link. Yeah, uh, so crazy. if I want to get a link... Uh, I need to switch to my iPad and use drag, drag and drop, which, especially if you're like me and commute on public transport in the morning, that's quite tricky to do when holding onto a tram pole in one hand and then trying to balance your iPad in the crook of your arm. It's recipe for disaster. Don't recommend that. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I stick with airmail. It's very good for that. Yeah. And the other problem with Apple Mail is, y- you know, you can't do drag and drop on a phone. I mean, uh, if you want to get, if I have an email come in on uh, Apple Mail and I want to save it to OmniFocus for later, I mean, OmniFocus has a service where you can forward an email and it creates a link for you in essence. But, but I mean, the traditional method of drag and drop just doesn't work because there's no drag and drop on an iPhone between two applications. Yeah. Um, so if you're using something like Reminders and you want to remind yourself about a link, I mean, what you can do, and this does work, um, if you're in an environment where you can where you can talk to Siri, uh, then you can say, "Hey Siri, remind me of this later," and uh, then Siri will remind you of this later, and you can get it into a reminder system that way. But you have to be in an environment where you can talk to your phone to do that. Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't link. It's it's nuts. And the lack of a share sheet is really a pain for people who want to be automators. Because the share sheet is the is the ticket in so often. Um, mm-hmm. There is a feature, like if you want to uh, create a PDF of the email, you can do that through the print dialog box of all places. You uh, you go to the email, you go print, and then you do the, the exact opposite of a pinch. You actually expand with your fingers, and then it gets you to a share sheet. You can also force touch or 3D touch on that image if you're on a device that supports that which, to zoom in, which is quite handy if you're working one-handed again. Yeah, but it doesn't even get, it still doesn't give you the ability to create a link. All it does is give you a PDF that you can ship off as a PDF. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Apple Mail isn't that great about it. I, I, you know, I'm really on the fence about this stuff. I use Apple Mail. I'm not, enti- you know, there's a bunch of reasons I'm not that happy with it, but AirMail gives me trouble. We actually did a whole show on iOS email clients um, on Mac Power users. I'll put it in the show notes, but the, there really isn't a perfect solution, unfortunately. And for automators, it's, it's even more difficult because uh, the tools, you know, we have a very limited set of tools. I think really my favorite tool for automating email has to be dispatch. Uh, with the combination of the XURL callback and the um, also the combination of it, the fact that it adds the person's name to the email automatically for you, um, I can get through email very quickly with that app using a combination of, you know, it addressing the email yeah, it, I can open up a dictation and just dictate the email without, you know, having the person's name properly in there. It's got the um, it's got the signature built in, and then I can always create the 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 URL callback on the email file. So I, I think if I was going to pick my favorite automation mail app, it's it's um, 
dispatch. Yeah. I, uh, as you mentioned, I'm using Airmail on iOS. And what I really like about Airmail is it's got custom actions built in. So uh, these are kind of like a mini workflow in that you can reply to people, you can forward messages, um, and you can create specific uh, subjects and bodies as part of that. Um, And you can also have it, for example, if you're using Gmail, you can add a label, um, you can archive it, you can file things, you can trigger uh, sending to OmniFocus or Things and various other applications um, through an action. And you can chain these together. And you can also use that to send it in a specific format to workflow, which is really, really useful. And that's where you start going crazy with the automation. Yeah. And and I would add that uh, Airmail has amazing keyboard shortcut support of all of them. It's the best. If you use an iPad with an attached keyboard, you can fly through uh, email on Airmail. Uh, I, I just had a couple problems with that app in terms of stability and like, you know, I do uh, interlineated replies. I'll have to check to see if they fixed that. We actually, you and I met with those guys at yeah, WWDC. Yeah, and they had fixed it. I tested it earlier today. I had to reply to somebody uh, that we, uh, we're going to be talking to very soon on this podcast. And uh, yes, I used uh, the, uh, the. so for people not familiar with um, what we're talking about, the when you reply to an email, some people just like to write at the top um, and some people like to break down the original email and then reply in between. And so what you need to do for this to work is the reply needs to be outdented so that the person sees your replies when you reply because otherwise it just all gets put into it and they maybe just see like three words at the top where you've written, hi, David, how are you? Um, and then they, they don't see any of the rest of the email. Yeah. So, and you yes. know what, Rose? Now I've got to go and use Airmail again for a couple of weeks. You've just started me on the path again. You, well, why I'm you, sorry. Why are you I'm doing a bad this influence. To me, Rose? <laughs> I'm a bad influence. You should know this by now. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm I got you to install Airmail the again. iOS beta too. Uh, there, there was a lot of stuff I liked about Airmail, but it just like I said, that there were just little basic problems that were making me mad. And honestly, if this stuff is of all interest to you, go listen to that MPU episode because we spent a lot of time going through a bunch of apps. And and there's there are great apps out there. There's just not a single one that, to recommend. So I'll try Airmail again, but uh, and I'll report back. But you're right. The, the for an automator, that's another app that has a lot of good things to about it. You know, in the sense that um, keyboard shortcuts and those those little um, basically automation routines you can build into the application. I'm going to give you an example of one of the custom actions which I built in Airmail. So uh, some people might be aware of a service called TripIt, which I use. Um, Basically, the idea is that you can forward all of your travel reservations to it and it creates a nice itinerary for you, which is really useful if you've got a lot going on on a trip and you don't want to double book yourself or you maybe want to share it with somebody else um, who you're traveling with or just so that they know where you are when you're traveling. Um, I did previously have TripIt watch my email for me and suck in the reservations. Unfortunately, I'm the travel coordinator for my family and friends. So they often forward me reservations and go, did I do the right thing here? And then I would end up with lots of trips that weren't mine. So TripIt thinks you're taking a lot more trips than you actually are taking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I travel quite a bit anyway, but this, this was taking it too far. So what I have is I have a custom action, which is for TripIt, and it's called Travel. And so it forwards it to TripIt for me, and I actually have it set so that I don't need the uh, composer to be interactive. So it just forwards the email to plan plans at tripit.com. It applies my travel label and it archives the email for me. And that's it. 
Um, it's it's a very simple thing, but it just means that as soon as the reservation comes in and I've had a look at it and I'm happy with it, I send it off to TripIt and that's it. And it's archived for me in the place where I would look if I need to retrieve more information about that. So it means that I've turned what would have been several taps or actions into one. And that is a real time saver. And you can do that with all sorts of things. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try it again. And hopefully the app is more stable. Um the, uh, the the funniest thing about that when we met the developers, there are these two Italian guys, and they were telling us how they live out in the middle of, uh, I guess it's a, a vineyard. They've got a house out in the middle of somewhere in central Italy, and that they said they argue with each other all the time. I'm just imagining them building this app. <laughs> these no, two email guys. should work like this. No, email should work like that. Yes, yeah. no, they, but they, they, they're, they're really lovely people. Yeah, and, and they're uh, super passionate about their program. And those are some of the best definitely. apps, the ones made by just a small team. So, all right, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go in and play with it some more. Um, the, uh, but uh, moving on with email, uh, text composition, we talked about uh, how great it is on the Mac with things like Text Expander. You can still do that on iOS. It's not as easy. Um, uh, uh, text fill-ins can work, but, and, and like Text Expander has its own keyboard. But to really get the most out of the stuff with Text Expander, like the tab keys and things like that, you've got to use the Text Expander app uh, for fill-ins is another good example if you do fill-ins in your email. So it's not as convenient on iOS, but it's out there. Yep, and also there are lots of apps with Text Expander integration built in. So, for example, Dispatch has yes. Text Expander integration. So that means that you can use the keyboard of your choice, not necessarily the Text Expander keyboard, um, and uh, it will still do its best to expand tickets with uh, tickets to expand snippets within yeah. its ability. And also, Drafts has Text Expander support. And a lot of people might not think of Drafts as an application for email. It's not. It's an application where you create text. But it's a really good place to write an email and send it without getting sucked into your email inbox. Oh, yeah. It's so great. I mean, I when I want to send an email, usually I write it in Drafts for exactly that reason, because it, it supports Text Expander. And I don't have to look at my inbox. I can send an email out of drafts without ever seeing my inbox. And that, you know, it's, it's just a way that we, um, that we try to um, defeat our own programming, I guess I'd say, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> but you know, when you don't see your, your list of emails, you don't get distracted by it and you get back to work. So like, if you've got a task that say, you know, send an email to, to Rosemary checking in, you send the email out of drafts, you never have the opportunity to get distracted by what's in your inbox. Yes. And of course, Drafts supports URL schemes. You know, Greg Pierce, who creates Drafts, was the creator of URL schemes. So of course it does. Um, And that means that you can, you know, you can either just use the default mail client if you like, or you can still be using Airmail, Spark, Dispatch, whichever email client you like, providing they've got URL scheme support for sending emails. You can actually have an action that sends an email through Spark or Airmail or Dispatch, yeah. um, which is really nice. So you don't have to set up your email in multiple clients, which at one point I tested 28 email clients, not for this show. Um, and uh, I, I accidentally left notifications on on all of them. Well, kind of accidentally. I wanted to see how fast they would notify me. And oh, I really? sent myself a test email. <laughs> and yeah, wait, that, wait, wait, that was wait. not good. Notifications for 28 email applications? I was testing to see how fast they would notify me about a new email. Oh. The answer for 26 of them was extremely. 
Um, <laughs> Side note, I don't recommend that to, to anybody. Don't install 28 email clients and leave notifications on. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good idea. But uh, draft, on the subject of drafts, it's, it's a great tool for automation in general. If you want to do automation on iOS, um, it's one of the, the big apps for that. Not as big as Workflow, but in, in the ballpark, I'd say. And um, I'm doing a series of screencasts right now for uh, Greg over at Agile Tortoise, the guy who makes drafts, showing how to do some of the automation stuff on it. So I'll put some links into the show notes if you're interested in that stuff. It's not really specific to email, but it'll give you the idea. Yes, definitely. And it's just a really good app. You can also actually use Pythonista um, to send email, but I mean, that's very difficult to explain on the show because you're using Python and I don't want to sit here and tell people how to write Python. That's not particularly exciting, but I will throw together a short example that I can include in the show notes for people on how to send an email with Pythonista. Yeah. So if uh, you want to send your email faster, we recommend you go learn a programming language <laughs> and download an app. <laughs> no, uh, the, uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a requirement here. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, and then we get to the granddaddy, you know, to workflow. Uh, and, you know, workflow is the automation tool, uh, at least for another couple months <laughs> on iOS. Uh, and we are, by the way, going to talk about Siri shortcuts in more detail. But one of the, the pieces of feedback we've been getting from uh, a lot of people in the know is that the workflow stuff is going to pour it over to Siri shortcuts. So all the talk we're doing about it here in these shows is going to absolutely apply. So if you're listening to this in the future and you can't find workflow, you'll be able to do the exact same stuff in Siri shortcuts. Um, but the uh, but uh, workflow has got a a set of tools related to email. Like it allows you to get email addresses, it allows you to select email addresses from a list, it allows you to send an email, and and that tool is quite powerful because it's a full creation element of an email, and it works with variables. So uh, you can grab variables or even put text together through the course of your workflow to assemble and send the email for you. It's, it gets back to the thing we talked about earlier with Keyboard Maestro, where things just happen for you or or things happen upon your approval that drastically reduce the amount of your involvement with the creation and sending of email. And I think that is Workflow's most powerful uh, element with respect to email. Yeah, definitely. And what you can even do... Um, and. Variables are a little tricky to explain, but you can add multiple things to a variable. So say, for example, I wanted to send you a PDF and an image, and I want to send you the body of the te- uh, of the email as well. So the body of the email is a text action. And then you have your image, which might be, say, for example, the latest screenshot that you've taken and a PDF, which is a specific file. So you get these three items and you add them to a variable. And then just before the send email action, you do the get variable and you get the, the variable that you've added these three things to and it just does it for you. And that is absolutely magic when you get that working. So useful. Yeah, we're, we're going to put together a screencast on that uh, with respect. Maybe we'll make a dummy email with some variables and attachments. And we'll put that up yes. so you can download it and run it yourself and see the screencast, how it works. It, it's it's really not that hard once no. you understand it. I mean, uh, you know, the, the trick is to create the variable and to get the variable. The other element of this that I think people should consider is creating a send email workflow from the extension dialog in in um, workflow so like if you're mm-hmm. if you're routinely sending a pdf let's say you routinely send a pdf but you have to first com- uh, create it so you open up a pdf on your ios device and you hit the extension button and or the sharing extension button and then you can there's a run workflow extension there 
where you can have the email because you, let's say you send that PDF to the same person every time, going back to the thought that we had at the beginning of the show, you can mm-hmm. run that extension and it'll attach the PDF from the PDF app, create the email, send the email for you, or at least uh, give you the opportunity to press the send button, but do all the other uh, generation stuff for you. So yes. it's really powerful that way. Uh, the other thing I would recommend with workflow is consider email as part of a bigger workflow. Like, uh, one mm. of the things that that I do often is I use workflow, and this is a very basic use of the app, but it's very useful, is doing multiple tasks with it. Uh, a good example is every year uh, in the last quarter of the year, I have to do minutes for corporations. I represent a bunch of small companies, and we have to do their year in minutes. And I have to kick that off. I have to get it started. So I've got a workflow that asks me just a few variables. It's like the client's name, the company name. And then it goes through and it sets up OmniFocus projects to create the minutes. It goes into Ulysses and writes some of the basics of the minutes for me, the stuff that where I've, I've you know just taken my form and turned the company name into variables that get distributed throughout. And there's a whole bunch of more work that has to do, be done after I talk to the client, but there's some basic parts that can be done automatically. And then the last thing it does, it takes those variables and it sends an email to the client with a list of questions um, of things that happened in the last year that I may want to include in the minutes. And that used to be a process that would take me like a half day to go through and put all that together. And I was doing it with text expander, even with a text expander snippet, it still took me a long time to create all that stuff. And then I got thinking about it, you know, workflow could run all those three app workflows for me. And now I don't even really have to do it. I can, um, have someone else do it for me, just run the workflows for me, or I can do it myself, but it's much faster just, you know, getting the names and filling them in and sending out and, and running those workflows. But an email is the last piece of that. And it's not a huge email implementation. All I'm doing is I'm grabbing the person's email address as a variable that you pull when you run the workflow. So you get the email address in. The mm-hmm. the next thing I do is it creates a subject line using the company name. You know, it says, you know, 2018 minutes for Acme. And because I've put that in there and then it drops in prearranged text with the client's first name and the salutation in the body of the text. And then the last thing it does and it, it, is it puts in a blind copy to one week at sanebox.com. We're going to talk later about how you use sanebox for automation, mm-hmm. but that way I get a message from an email service a week later if the client doesn't respond because I'm sending you know, a bunch of these out at once and I'm not going to want to individually track them. No, and that's the sort of thing, I mean, you could very easily create a task in your task manager, which for in one week's time, say, you know, check whether or not X responded. But the advantage of using Samebox is if they respond, then you don't get reminded that you need to check up on it, which is automation again. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're here for. Exactly. So, I mean, workflow is an incredibly powerful tool. The interesting thing to me, that that was one of those aha moments where I realized that automation on iOS is better than iOS on Mac under certain circumstances. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I, I could probably put that together on my Mac with a keyboard maestro, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's pretty nice that I can do it on my iPad. Yeah. And the great thing about your iPhone, and this is, you know, you'll probably hear me say this hundreds of times is it's the device you have with you. You know, if you have an iPhone, you're going to have it with you most of the time. And some of these you could actually even trigger from your Apple Watch um, and just have it run from there. I wouldn't necessarily recommend sending email from your Apple Watch. It might be ill-advised depending on exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, there's so much power in that small device that you have with you. So, yes, it's 
it's very, very useful. What about you? Any uh, interesting uh, workflow email automations you'd like to share? Well, I have I have two. Uh, one of them's not particularly interesting. It's very simple. It just gets the most recent uh, photo from my camera roll, and it, it puts the date and subject, and it opens that up as an email to me because I have various periods in time where I'm, you know, trying to send images to people with today's date, and that's just a workflow that I ended up creating. I don't even remember the original reason why I created it. Uh, I, yeah, just I was just find that What's it's the still very useful for that. I believe it was when, actually, unfortunately, we had a break in at work, um, and we were trying to document, you know, damage that was that we found afterwards. Um, and of course, the problem with the damage is you might find it the next day, or you might find it weeks later. Um, and so, I believe it was related to that. But it's actually, you know, it's quite useful to just email somebody a picture, you know, and make sure that you have the current date with it. Um, of course, you could get a little bit crazy and have the date of the photo that when it was taken, um, which I will uh, expand the workflow to do for you. Uh, but yes, that's quite a nice one. And I've got another one, which is Mail Merge, because uh, Mail Merge is a, a function that's, you know, probably a lot of people don't remember where you would merge an Excel sheet with a Word document, for example, and it would create letters that you would print out and put in the post with stamps on them to email to people. Stamps? Um, what are these things called stamps? I know. They're they're crazy, right? It's like this thing where you turn money into like sticky paper and you lick it and you put it on an envelope and it gets lost in the post. I, yeah. The email is uh, thankfully rather more reliable than the post, though the post is, of course, fairly reliable. Um, but what this would do is, I've just got a very simple example for you here which is where um, it puts the name of the recipient in. So it goes, hi, person. So in this case, if I was emailing David, it would say, hi, David. And that's got a block of text for you. And then it just says regards. And of course, you could put your name in under that. But it it works based on the contact that you've chosen. So you choose a contact to send something to. Um, and then um, it gets their name and then their email address and sends it off. And this is really useful in tandem with something like drafts because you could, for example, take meeting minutes and drafts and then you just want to send them to this person. Um, you know, So you can do that. And that that's a very nice little workflow that I've got. And I'm going to do a screencast on that one for everybody as well so that they can see how to make full use of it and perhaps make some enhancements. So are you pulling from a database? How are you? Because a mail merge usually has a list of names. What? Yes. So what this does is it pulls from your contacts. Yeah. So you choose contacts and then it pulls from there to get the information that's needed. Of course, with email, we probably just need a name and an email address. If you're willing to go without the greeting, then you could actually just do it, do it without the email address. But that's not really a mail merge then. That's a mass mailing. Yeah. Um, but this means that then people get personalized emails. So it's good if you want to, for example... E email the meeting minutes and then for example if i was emailing you then i'd say yes and i want to follow up about xyz next week how do you have time on tuesday but if i'm emailing my cat then i'd be like well do you want cat food unfortunately i don't have a cat but uh, i'm sure it would want cat food and, and you haven't taught it to read yet either have you <laughs> no no but i mean i i you know you know virtual cats or uh, imaginative cats are extremely intelligent so so the trick you do with that is i'm i'm guessing when having seen it is you allowing to select multiple contacts rather than yes, just one yes exactly and then yeah. you iterate through them of course you could send it to multiple contacts and just stick their names together so hello david cat uh, joe blogs um philip I don't know, yeah. pick random names, uh, which, you know, would be fine, would work. Um, but especially if you're dealing with less technical users who are likely to hit reply all, then yeah. this can uh, this this could end in tears or at the very least in too many emails in my inbox. So I prefer to email these things out individually. Yeah. 
at my my daughter's school, there's a guy who runs one of the programs. He has a PhD, but he cannot under he just does not understand the idea of blind copying everyone. So uh, about once every two weeks, I get an email that's to like 300 people, and I've even sent him like explanation. I've been that guy, you know. I've been that guy, and yeah. he, he does. He's not listening to me, so whatever. Uh, I I have been that person so many times, and unfortunately, a lot of people just don't like to listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about on the web-based stuff? The So, so uh, Workflow, we're going to put some screencasts up. I, we haven't decided as we record which ones, but we're going to have two or three up um, so you can see how this stuff works and download your own. But, but very powerful automation stuff. But uh, going over mm-hmm. to the web, um, there's stuff you can do on the website of email, too, that I think can really help for automators. Um, a lot of the services have built-in tools. Google, I think, kind of leads the charge on this. Um, they mm-hmm. were one of the first to do auto-sorting. And, you know, Google will even write replies for you. I mean, uh, depending yeah. on how deep down you go in the system, but it, 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 yeah. it uh, really goes pretty far with automation if you're, uh, if you're on the Google system. Yeah, the filters in Gmail are extremely uh, strong and you can use all sorts of Boolean search operators, so ands, ors, not and all of those kinds of things. Um, I tend to just have a very long list, actually, of email addresses, um, and I I just stick the next one on with an or, and if it's from any of these, tag it with newsletters and archive it, please, because this way I can pop in and I can see, ah, right, I've received 422 newsletters since I last checked this. Delete all. Um, You know, because I I, I do subscribe to certain newsletters because that's the only way of getting information via email. But uh, unless I'm looking for something in particular, I try and avoid it because otherwise it feeds my shopping habit, which is not good. And, and where Google's leading the charge, uh, Microsoft isn't far behind with uh, Exchange and Office 365 has uh, email automation and sorting tools built in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't use Google or Exchange. I use IMAP. I, I like the idea of IMAP. Once again, that's something I'd send you off to an MPU episode to get through all the details of that. But but I do use a service, and full disclosure, they're a sponsor of Mac Power Users, a SaneBox, which gives me most of those tools uh, on a cloud side that I can apply to any account, uh, which is something I, I kind of like to control this stuff myself. And, mm-hmm. and SaneBox will look at the, the name of the sender and the subject line. They, they don't look at the, the contents of the email, but then they do a bunch of work for you based on the information including auto-sorting, which uh, is a form of automation that I think is just golden for email, where it goes through and like it, it sees newsletters and puts them in a designated you know newsletters folder or a later folder for you. And it, it mm-hmm. just it can do a series of rules. And the idea is when you open up your email, you just see the most important emails in your inbox, and the other stuff is, is sorted off to other places that you can look at later when you feel you have the time. It's a very a nice sort of automation, and it's another background thing where you don't do anything. It just happens for you. I like that. Yeah, Gmail does that by default now as well. I actually turned it off because I prefer to use my own rules because there are certain newsletters where, um, for example, I follow a cheap flights newsletter. If they actually mention Vienna in the newsletter, so there's a really cheap flight somewhere from Vienna, I'd quite like to know about it because these deals are very short-lived. So I'm willing to let that land in my inbox, but I don't want the other ones that don't mention Vienna to land in my inbox. I'll just skim through them every so often. So that's something where you can just let the built-in automation do the work for you and um, by all means give it a try you know have a have a play with it you're probably using it anyway if you actually use the gmail web interface um but if you if you want to amp it up a bit then you can start creating your own rules and go really crazy there yeah and that's something where you're, you're running that out of an apple mail rule right no no i'm running that based on gmail filters okay. um 
just because that's that's on the server. So that happens even before my Mac Mini sees it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it would work either way, but the um, you can't you can't go a level deeper with this stuff if you roll your own. Yeah. The uh, uh, web-based email composition. Uh, I don't do much of this to tell you the truth, but um, all the stuff we were talking about, like auto creating emails, a keyboard master workflow, that's that's available to a lesser extent through services like IFTTT, if this then that, or Zapier. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like uh, in order to get the most out of IFTTT with email, you really need to be on a Gmail account. Um, the, the IMAP, the IMAP tools are very limited, whereas Gmail gives them information about the sender and and contents. So you can get a lot uh, more automation heavy with a Gmail account than with any other service. Yeah. So the built-in uh, email action in IFTTT only allows you to email yourself, which, I mean, if you want to send an email to yourself, it's a great way to do it. And that works with all kinds of email accounts. But if you want to send email to other people, you need Gmail or Office 365. Um, but the good news is, is you can incorporate all sorts of triggers, so specific dates and times. So on the first Tuesday of the month, email David to say, hello, David. Um, or if there's a RSS feed with a specific word in the title, then uh, email that to my mother because she loves pandas, for example, if I see something cute about pandas, it's automated. Um, you know, so you can do things with that. It depends. Um, one rule that I do use with if this and that with my Gmail account is it automatically downloads attachments to Dropbox, which is very useful because then all of my attachments are automatically saved. Yeah. So then I can actually I can go crazy with Hazel on them and get Hazel to sort things out for me. Yeah, same box as that feature too. So it yes. gives you, uh, I mean, it's a whole nother subject of automation for a whole nother day. But but once you get something on your drive, um, that gives you a lot more power to automate. Um, mm-hmm. Just a few closing tricks on, on automation for email. I wouldn't say this is automation, but just getting uh, email out faster. Uh, even if you've never been a fan of dictation or voice-to-text technology, uh, I think email is a place to experiment with it because a lot of times your email um, replies are one or two sentences, which is right in the ballpark for Siri. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. this is something you want to try. That's one of the reasons why I like the uh, the dispatch thing where it puts the name of the recipient in for me so I can just dictate the body of the text, which, which Siri is much better at than getting the name of a person, especially if it's a unique spelling. Um, uh, so I would look into that. It's available both Mac and uh, and iOS. Uh, the uh, mm-hmm. if you do it on Mac, make sure you go into the setting and da- click the box to download. It's like a I think it's a gigabyte size file, but it it does much better once you give it the the voice resources. Uh, Drag yeah. Dragon's out there, costs money. It's better, but it costs money. And then mm-hmm. drafts on iOS is a really great place. Is you know we we're talking earlier about sometimes you want to send an email out. And you don't want to go into your inbox. You write it in drafts. Um, Greg at drafts has done something very clever. I'm almost hesitant to talk about this on a podcast. Cause I don't want someone at Apple to hear about it. But, but the uh, it you know the usually Siri has a timer on it. I think it's about 45 seconds. At least the last time I ran a stopwatch against it, it was about 45 seconds. But um, Greg has done a thing where it somehow loops magically and. Uh, you can talk longer than 45 seconds and the dictation continues to run, which is very convenient. It's the uh, it's the best use of Siri dictation on the iPhone is in that app. So that's another yes. place you may want to try it. And you can use that on the Apple Watch as well, which means that you can be going around talking to your watch, composing that email, you know, potentially while doing a bunch of other things as well, because we're all very busy people. 
And that's really, really nice. I talk to my watch a lot more than I should pro- probably should, but uh, it's very efficient. Yeah, I, I take a lot of walks and things occur to me. And I have the the um, the drafts. Um, what, what do they call that thing? The Complication? Complication, yes. I have the drafts complication on my Siri watch race. So anytime something occurs to me like, oh, I need to send Rose a note, I tap the button and just start talking to my watch like a crazy man, no matter where I'm at. And mm-hmm. then when I get back to my iPhone, it's already written for me. Another power trick there is badge your badge, put a badge on drafts for any unprocessed inbox item. So that way it reminds you when you get back to process it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's um, very powerful. Well, Rose, our 30 minute show about automation ended up being something like 50 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're providing value for money. It's yeah, a good show. E- email is, uh, is a big subject. And honestly, it ties into everything. I was just thinking as we were talking, I mean, we talked about automating email last week um, with some of the scripts that we have to send out automatic emails for appointments, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just something that's everywhere. So I'm glad we covered it early. So we've got kind of this foundation. If you'd like to learn more about email, and automation, I would recommend going to the Mac Power Users Library. We've covered email several times over the years, and, and we, we have yeah, some... We'll put links to those episodes in the show notes as well to make it easy for you to dive right in. I have, a, I have an email field guide. It's a little long in the tooth. I think um, some of the app discussions need updating, honestly, but, the, uh, but all the email practices stuff is in there, and some of the automation stuff is absolutely still good. So that may be something you want to look at. Um, and you know, there's a lot of great resources on the web about, about email. So go take a look at those, but, but spend some time, automate your email. Let us know what you're doing in the forum. Uh, we'd love to hear about it and, uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Yes.